This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. You're listening to Naratombele on Power 98.7. The time now is 10.36, and as I said earlier on, calling on all our super sleuths, our local Sherlock Holmes, our crime and investigation aficionados, and every single person who has been completely flabbergasted, intrigued, even obsessed by the story of Otavo Besta and um, his alleged accomplice, alleged accomplice doctor, Nandipa Magudumana. So last year... There was a documentary on rising crime rates in South Africa, and that documentary was produced by the French media house France 24. And what they found in that documentary was that currently there's one criminal profiler working for the entire SAPS in South Africa. One. One criminal profiler, and her name is Elmarie Myberg. In the past, there was another woman, a journalist turned psychologist and author, Mickey Pretorius, um, and ended up writing a, a, a book about her observations and experiences working um, as a criminal profiler in South Africa. So the job of a profiler much like you see in a lot of these uh, American series and investigation dramas is to do a psychological analysis of a criminal, map out their brain functions, behavior, social and antisocial behaviors, and then in this way extrapolate information that could predict future crimes that they may commit. Um, Many profilers, for that reason, tend to be clinical psychologists um, and people working in that area of behavioral science. But there is another field of study, which is called criminology, which is somewhat different to what a criminal profiler does, but does look at the impact of crime on society and how society may create the triggers, excuse the pun, for certain crimes. And it's comforting to know that there are many criminologists in South Africa, so they are more sort of sociologists versus psychologists. Now, with crime rates ticking upwards and getting worse in the country, not to mention also the sensational story of a Tabo Besta, his escape, his alleged new crimes post-escape and alleged role played by his uh, accomplice girlfriend, you know, it's got us thinking, what do the police actually know about the causes of crime in South Africa that can help them perhaps create heat maps of where we're likely to see the highest incidence of crimes, flashpoints, and then they make timely interventions. And criminology is one area that can help the police do this, and so would criminal profiling if we had more and more of them. And so today, uh, we want to really put a spotlight on the root causes of crime and perhaps try to understand um in a in a more granular manner, what is happening that leads to crime rates going up higher and higher each quarter in South Africa? We're joined by Professor Kulufelo, Kulufelo Rakubu, who's a criminologist and acting head of safety and security at the Tswana University of Technology. Prof, good morning. 
Good morning and good morning to the listeners. So firstly, did I understand it correctly? What a criminologist does, almost like a sociologist, and what a criminal profiler does, almost like a psychologist? No, you got it right there. Um, A criminologist basically tells us what crime looks like, who commits it, and what is the impact. And it further taps into criminal justice system response. How should they respond? when and uh, what are mechanisms in place. And Mm. also criminology identifies clearly stakeholders um, mandated, that should be mandated to leading crime prevention and also further analyzes uh, community vulnerability um, when it comes to crime. A criminologist basically visits a Soweto, for example, and Mm. will tell you what is likely to happen Mm. and how, because the criminologist now checks where's the station, who runs the station, and who are community leaders, what are the structures in the community, and all linkages, where are the business owners, and where are social services. Uh, Mm. Because remember, crime is a a socio-economic or socio-political, it it taps into all those. We, okay. we look into the environment as well. Now we also check where's the municipality, how, is there a housing order, what are the policies that talks to crime prevention or crime control in okay. the area. So it was quite disturbing to read that currently South Africa has one criminal profiler, so one sort of psychologist, yeah. psychometric analyst and what bearing does that have on being able to really understand the mind of a criminal in South Africa? You can imagine the burden if we have one, only one, and each profiler has their own perspective or they're guided by a particular school of thought. So hence, if, if you check the research, it has identified critical challenges with South Africa's um, ability to, to provide a, 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 to profile criminals. Who is a South African criminal? Then we have now to rely on the psychological explanations and, 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 and we've realized there has been variation across profiling practices that has resulted mm-hmm. in inconsistencies because people that we undermine as criminals, mm-hmm. it looks like we did not get the grasp of this what kind of a criminal is that? Mm. With 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 now the Tabo Besta story, mm. I think we undermined Tabo or classification of what Tabo is capable mm. of. Mm. Um, was was what they have, there has been right. inconsistencies there because now what falsification? There's possibility of falsification yeah. or omitting okay. etymology evidence or selective. Uh, reporting confirmatory evidence right. because now look at what is happening. We don't have a true reflection. We, we all surprised, and we're not yeah. supposed to be surprised because yeah. of the nature of criminality in South Africa. Okay, I want us to. I've got quite a few questions for you, um, yeah. uh, Prof. So maybe we can just get through them quite quickly. So yeah. again, in this documentary that I refer to uh, for France uh, 24, mm-hmm. um, Al Marie Myberg found that. There are more murders that occur in a weekend in Gauteng than murders that occur in an entire year in countries like Norway and Sweden. So in one weekend, 
more people are killed in Gauteng than there are in Sweden or in Norway. And, you know, this was quite startling. And certainly there are variables like size of country, wealth, size of population, etc., etc. But why would this why would this be a narrative associated with South Africa? What makes crime reach such abnormal levels in this country? First thing, um, multiple factors. Um, because like I said, for crime to occur, we all know there are socio-political economic factors. If those are not attended to, what do we expect? We now, the other problem with South Africa is that we have policies that are not in touch with reality. We now adopt American policies where in that policy is supposed to be implemented in a country that doesn't have the socio-political or economic issues that we have. Imagine now coming up with a crime prevention strategy that does not take into consideration issue of substance abuse, drugs, child-headed household, mm. and so forth, or all other neglected mandates by all relevant stakeholders. For example, in South Africa, our beautiful policy specifies whose role is it in crime prevention, but you find certain critical institutions not even involved in crime prevention, and they are no replication. We move as if everything is normal. Mm. Now, when we look into the rate of criminality, we forget how can we expect reduction when we don't play our part? Mm. And when there are no replication for those that don't play their part. Okay. If we took criminality serious, we wouldn't have one profiler, yeah. for example, yeah. because we'll see this as a challenge that we need to understand a, a criminal from Alexander and a criminal from Kwamashu or a criminal from Limpopo right. so that we're able to plan accordingly. Okay. So that we're not shocked by terrible business um, tendencies. Yeah. You yeah. know, I don't know if this is urban legend. But there was a story that says in the early 1990s, when crime became quite aggravated in the country, the South African government invited the FBI to come yeah. to South Africa to conduct a field study and then help the South African police, um, you know, create a map of crime and profile some of the crimes in the country. After their tour of South Africa, the FBI left empty-handed. They struggled to to create a texture of crime in South Africa because they'd never seen anything like it is that in a country like the United States, a serial killer has a certain kind of historical context. Maybe he's a child from an abusive home, et cetera, et cetera. A burglar has a particular profile. In South Africa, what they found, and this is what I'm saying, I don't know if this is true, but I've heard the story many times, is that a burglar in South Africa can also be the rapist. The rapist can also be the pickpocket. The pickpocket can quickly graduate to being a hijacker. And so Mm -hmm. it becomes hard to profile crimes in South Africa because at any given opportunity, a criminal can escalate and morph into something else that wasn't originally predicted. And so it becomes quite a unique condition that is in South Africa. I don't know if you know about this, uh, can verify whether the FBI did come and conclude that. And if they did, why would it be so complex to profile crime and criminals in South Africa? We do have unique conditions. 
And um, it's unfortunate that the justice system doesn't uh, recognize our uniqueness. Because if they did, all most resources will be directed towards um, dealing with crime and providing all the necessary services. And I'll still revisit issues of profiling. It is difficult to profile because, um, like you said, a buckler in South Africa can be a rapist as much as a priest can be a rapist as much as the president can be something else. So issues with uh, profiling, we do not take into consideration our causes of crime, our unique causes of crime. The minute we now sit and look into what really causes crime in South Africa Mm -hmm. and get political will to even tap into those causes, we are going to win the battle. We, we, we just want to tick boxes and conform and do this and that. But the true reality is that we do understand what causes crime in South Africa. And if now we also also tap into challenges with profiling, how do we now talk of a criminal in South Africa when still we we, we, we failing to evaluate all critically um, necessary uh, evidence? And remember, in South Africa, for us to know who is a criminal, each mm. department records different different mm. information mm. in a way that they cannot be linked. Yeah. Remember again, the uh, for example, South African Police Service will tell us of crime trends, mm. right? And and reporting a substantial increase in the number mm. of arrests and court-ready dockets, for example. Mm. Then the NPA will come and report a substantial reduction in the number of cases. With verdicts, mm. you understand. Mm. Then, stats is collected and reported in what in a com- compartmentalized way mm. and do not speak to each other. That is okay. why there are many criminals that have never ever even made it to court, yeah. and they're still rumoring around. They never got help. Yeah. We do have a smaller percentage, a drop in the ocean of criminals that have been held accountable or mm. that have been successfully prosecuted. Mm. Yes. So how do we now come okay. up? Because the very same criminals are, are are now part of communities. They run structures, your CPF and all that, are run by rapists that mm. were never called to order. So how do you now come in and profile a South African uh, uh, um, criminal okay. when that is not even a serious one. A serious one is rumoring around. A serious one is even part of the criminal justice system. Yeah. Okay, so so let's everything you've just said is it's 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 quite disturbing but let's yeah. park what you've just said and try okay. to understand what are the unique conditions in South Africa and I don't mean systemically. I just mean in terms of the society we live in. So, like I'm saying, the FBI struggled with profiling because, as you say, in any other society, a priest is a priest. A priest is not also a kingpin hijacker. But in South Africa, it's quite possible that the priest can become the leader of a a syndicate. So it becomes Mm -hmm. hard to figure out who are the criminals and who are not in a society. And working with that example, what makes South Africa unique in being a country where a young man can start off as a petty thief and eventually become a violent rapist and eventually become a kingpin of a drug syndicate? What what makes it possible in a country like this for people to get darker and darker in their souls? 
Okay. Now let's start with the practices. What are practices in place when we identify these practices? Don't we turn a blind blind eye? Don't we? Because it starts there. You cannot start with as a petitive and be left alone and be provided room to to grow, right? Mm-hmm. And you evolve and, and, and the system supports your evolution in your criminality, right? Mm-hmm. Then what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. What are we going to do? Because now, remember with petitive, where do you stay? In a community, mm-hmm. a community that also observes. A child growing in that environment, there's what? Differential association, there's social learning. Mm. This child grew up knowing um, crime, it's it's a norm. Mm. Then as a 30-year-old, what do you expect to be done uh, to to change the mindset of such a child? Mm. Okay. Because we do lack community uh, services, social services, psychosocial services, because it's that they they learned this behavior Uh, they 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 grew up around the setup allows the justice system supports okay so 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 young children mirror their society and if the society is tolerant of crime and can even treat criminals as robin hoods and mini mayors in our communities then the child knows that there's no need for accountability and can even romanticize that crime. And so society also, communities have to own, take ownership for the problems we're seeing, is what I'm hearing you say, Professor Kholofelo Rakubu. We'll continue in a moment. You're listening to Lula Dombele on Power 98.7. Giving a name, a timestamp, a character to an individual can also help to really profile crime properly in the country. A conversation with Professor Kholofelo Rakubu. Very quickly, Tabo and Mamilo, do you have something to say? Yes, Lerat. Look, here in this country we have a problem with vetting. Mm. We once had police officers who had criminal records because of the nepotism and the friendship that is taking place in corruption. So here's the case. In America, it's so easy to profile it's so easy for a, 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 a police who has attended a crime scene to even profile because of they have these laptops in, in their car where they can tell the suspect, no, give us your ID. So at that moment, they can even, they, they can even uh, uh, know who this guy is. Mm-hmm. The problem in our country is that we don't have that. Mm-hmm. And then it's easy for a criminal to give an investigating officer some kind of money so that they would never put mm-hmm. other cases when they're attending okay. court. You'd have a suspect having to go five different cases. Yeah. Okay. Because of they have paid money. Yeah. Thank you so much. And obviously, this speaks to the rot within the police services. I think you've alluded to it, Professor Kholofelo Rakubu. And even the Minister of Home Affairs recently said they've now discovered that many criminals don't even have identity cards, deliberately so. Uh, and and all you have is their DNA in the form of a, a fingerprint when they get arrested. So if somebody's able to evade the law for the longest time, they can never, ever, ever be seen or caught. So here's one thing as we leave. You know, I think you made reference to it, but Ginelo is also saying the same thing. She says, I'm listening to you, and I was thinking how about how someone with a criminal record, Lerato, can be employed in a normal working environment uh, or can't be employed in a normal working environment, someone with a criminal record. But people who are ex-cons can re-emerge 
can re uh, emerge as mayors and MMCs. The world appreciates bigger bank accounts. So she's obviously speaking to um, some of the leaders we're seeing in the um, Patriotic Alliance uh, who are self-confessed um, ex-cons. But isn't there a case to be made there for rehabilitation that they, they committed their crimes, they served their time and society must give them a second chance? Professor Rahul? Sure. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm with you. True, they um, served their time, um, rehabilitated and all that. However, it is very difficult to con- uh, convince um, a South African who is observing a level of uh, corruption within our centers, uh, how rehabilitation is jeopardized. To even believe someone who has been there is in fact rehabilitated. That is why they don't buy uh, the idea of uh, an ex-convict being a leader. It will depend on your pocket. Because now what is coming out of our centers tells us a different story. When were you really honestly rehabilitated? Because you were living large, they assumed, right? Mm-hmm. As per find research findings and, and media publications that, okay, life is very different on the other side. We're not even sure you saved your time as, 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 as per documents because now there's a new um, revelation, there's a new idea or face of what a criminal uh, rehabilitation center looks like or, or, or a prison in South Africa looks mm. like. You, you, you are much better protected there than outside. Okay, so finally, as we say goodbye. So you're saying this thing needs multiple interventions, but the first stop is a community that has a high tolerance for crime in South Africa. Why is that? Communities um, can come up with the um, relevant strategies because they do understand. They know these crimes. They're raising criminals and so forth. But with the profiling, a crime approach, because one practice cannot work in South Africa, where now you focus on the uh, uh, clinical practitioner approach uh, uh, approach only. No, the criminal investigation should be uh, emphasized and the scientific approach. That is why I'm saying an integrative framework for South Africa will assist. And and, and employment or or recruitment of many profilers to have multiple perspectives. Mm. Imagine South Africa having one psychologist. That cannot be. So even with profiling, higher criminologists, higher many uh, professionals in that line to to show that you take crime prevention seriously. Mm. And And provide resources. Provide resources. All right, so provide resources, let community forums work really well, and more research, social research on crime by criminologists and more psychologists to profile the criminals so that we understand who they are in our communities. Thank you for your time, Professor Kolofalo Rakumu. Time for the news. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.